Hi, I'm Jackie Jones and welcome to my podcast, Living Life Being Human, the number one podcast for anxiety, stress and mental health support. Don't forget to click subscribe to be notified of my latest podcast episodes. And if you get any value from this podcast, please support me by leaving a review. It really does help me out and it motivates me to keep making these podcasts. You can connect with me on social media at Jackie Jones Coaching and subscribe to my YouTube channel to get weekly videos all around anxiety, stress and mental health. I hope you enjoy this episode. and welcome back to this next episode on living life being human i do believe that this is episode 47 we're getting through these episodes um i'm just gonna recap over the last episode because it will have been a week for you since you heard the last one if you're listening to all of them if you missed the the previous one which is episode 46 i would recommend that you go back and listen to it because the next four videos or the next four podcasts are all going to be based on the same thing so if you join in on episode 47 and 49 you're going to miss bits so you might want to go back and listen to them from the start if you don't that's absolutely fine too i'm sure that you will get something from this either way so i'm discussing um pam levin's ages and stages which is a modality in transactional analysis it's just one theory um in amongst that but it's something that i like it's a it's a kind of structure that i follow a lot when i'm working with parents and children and it normalizes certain behavior as a parent we worry we we worry about a lot of things are they doing it right are they doing it wrong when should they do this is it a big thing should i worry the psychological stages are different to the milestones i think we all kind of learn about the milestones as we're parenting our children we 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 as you know human beings are quite good at contrasting and comparing everything to everybody else it's not always a positive thing but you know if you're a, a mom or a dad or a caregiver at a, a play group or something you can't help but notice you know one of the first questions we often ask as parents is oh how old are they and then you might think, oh, mine's the same age as that. They're not doing that. Hmm. Does that mean that I'm not a good parent or I've done something wrong? No, it doesn't. Um, so, yeah, it, it can normalise certain behaviours that our children are going through as being an absolutely normal part of their psychological development. We all went through these. We are all going through these over and over again, dependent on where we are in that moment. So again i know i keep saying it just be kind and compassionate to yourself give yourself a bit of a break and um yeah step away and just be an observer to what's going on and look at it through neutral eyes rather than criticizing yourself for getting it wrong or that your child isn't doing what they should do or maybe they've already done it or whatever it is just just look at things from a neutral perspective for a while and see if any of this resonates with you so in the last podcast, I looked at the being stage, which was not to six months. That's stage one. We also had a chat about the doing stage, which is six to 18 months. Um, and that's stage two. So in this video, I'm going to be looking at the thinking stage, which is 18 months to three years, which is stage three on this journey, exploring Pam Levin's ages and stages. So in this one, 
our children are starting to learn to think for themselves. If, if you've cared for a child that's 18 months to three years, this kind of age is usually when they're going up to a more structured environment in a nursery or something. Or you might be a working parent and they've been there for a while. As always, we're all unique and different and our children are unique and different. So they might have reached this earlier or later. They might still be in it. Um, there's no judgment coming from me on any of this. So the thinking stage, our children are starting to learn to think for themselves. They might hear what you say and then do something completely different just to see what happens. My, I often refer to him and he teaches me something new every day. My grandson is two and a half. We went for a walk the other day, um, adhering to restrictions and social distancing and all those things in a park. He's got a balanced bike now and there's no stopping him. He's... He's very gung-ho, he was off. And I posted on my Facebook page and tagged my daughter in it saying, this kid's recall needs a bit of work. He can hear us. We're, we're going, stop, stop. And he's just laughing and he's off. He's, he's doing his own thing. So in that respect, he's learning to think for himself. Yes, I could stop, but I'm deciding not to and I'm going to keep going and see what happens. So when I say... In, in you know these podcasts that even as children we make our own decisions our life script and who we're going to be is decided from a very early age my grandson is starting to test the boundaries and to work out who he's going to be is he going to be somebody that stops and does what he's told straight away or is he going to be somebody that that maybe takes a little while to digest that information and decide whether it's something he wants to do that's perfectly normal. You will get children that stop dead in their tracks and do exactly what they're told. You will also get children that push the boundaries. That's okay. They're just exploring who they're going to be. So one of the other things is to solve problems. Um, and that can be in lots of different ways. You know, children learn, I don't know, pushing the television, I need to push a button and it comes on. Whereas turning a door handle, I need to turn it in order to get it open. So they're starting to, to learn different ways of doing things and problem solve. But they're also learning how to problem solve for what's going on for them. How do I get my needs met? They might try one thing and it not work, so they'll try something else. Um, if they don't want to eat their dinner, they might try spitting it out. And that means they don't have to eat it. If you shovel it up and put it back in again, they might decide to make out like they're being sick and do a bit of that business. They've, they've worked out to try something different. They might just swallow it and eat it regardless of whether they like it or not. You know, even the youngest of children start to make certain choices about what they're going to do whether they're going to go to sleep when we want them to at half past seven at night or whether they're going to be jumping up and down on the bed at nine o'clock. That's not anything to do with what we have control over. That's just what they want to do in that moment. They might start to express and to handle feelings. Again, I've worked in nurseries and you see little people, I call them little people, the, the children. You see children trying to force the tears back you know the little chin's going and the little mouth is quivering but they won't cry they, they won't let the tears come down they 
they might get aggressive they might throw things they might start punching out they they are exploring how to express their feelings sometimes they will understand what's appropriate and what's not other times if they're feeling overwhelmed it will just come out that child that's having a you know a terrible two tantrum in a well-known supermarket they're just expressing their feeling in that moment um I'm not sure whether you've experienced a child that is absolutely heartbroken, tears flooding, quivering, absolutely beside themselves. Next minute it's gone and they've moved on and they're doing something else. They don't have a fear of showing what's on the inside and allowing it to come out. That's another stage where we start to, to filter and question. And a lot of that is dependent on the response that we get when we show emotion at a younger age if nobody comes if nobody cares whether we're crying or doing anything we will try a different tactic that's where that problem solving part comes in if we get lots of attention when we cry and are quite dramatic it's highly likely that we will do more of that as we grow up because it worked and we got the reaction that we wanted so again i don't want you to overthink this i don't want you to say oh well next time my child cries i'm not going to go to them they need to learn that i'm not at their beck and call that's not what it's about it's just about an exploration and an understanding of of how our children respond and react to their environment just the same as that we do and that we all have a choice to a certain extent um the next one is that they start to express and handle feelings and I haven't touched on anger, but particularly anger. This is the time where they will come at you. They will fling things at you. They might, you know, bite and hiss and be like the Tasmanian devil sometimes. And again, they're working out what's acceptable and what's not. And if they want to do something in that moment, you're stopping them from doing that. And that's their only concern. There's no concept of consequence at this age. That comes, you know, at the next couple of stages so they're just doing whatever it is that they want to do in that moment children you know between 18 months and three years are very much in the here and now they're not worried about what happened five minutes ago and they're not concerned about the future they're just this is what I want this is how I feel and I need you to know that this is what's going on for me um, they also learn to separate out from their main caregiver whoever that may be Again, in that scenario of being a mother and toddler group, um, they might pootle off and have a play, but they just keep checking. They'll just keep looking and you give them a little wave and say, yes, I'm still here. It's OK. You can go and play. They might come back and sit on your knee and need a bit of a hug and then jump down and off their trot and they're quite happy again. So that's the 18 months to, to three year old stage where we are starting to be more individual and state our needs. We can recycle this stage if, if we're breaking out of our dependent relationship. We might go through this stage when we are, how old are you when you go to university now, 18? I'm not sure. When we go off, when we're, we're spreading our wings and going to university, it's that separation again. Um, we might recycle certain parts of this. We might express our feelings you know so that people understand what's going on for us we we will need to problem solve if we're moving out from home and going to university we're going to have to work out a certain amount of things whether that's financially and budgeting or working out to use the washing machine or anything 
So this is how we recycle these at later stages in our life. So it's not, it's not I've done that, it's over with now, I can get on with my life. We will go back to these. When, when you're learning a new ability, when you're learning something new, it might be that you're retraining. Um, it might be that you're taking a stand on an issue that you feel really strongly about. And when I say that, you might be able to relate it back to that 18 month to three year old where they stamp their feet and you're like, no, this is, this is it. This is what I want to do. We can do that as an adult, maybe in a more appropriate way, but the feelings that come along with that will be very similar. Um, so yeah, just, just be comfortable with, with that. Just explore it and understand, you know, one of the things I do say quite a lot is that our children aren't out to get us. They are out to get our attention and our energy because that's what they need to survive. They have a, a sense of needing to belong, needing to be part of something. Um, so as I always say, it's important that you take care of yourself while you're even listening to these podcasts. If there's something popping up for you, if you can you know, remember something or if you can connect with something that I'm saying and you remember your child being at that age there might be some guilt which you know just just understand that you might have I don't know separated from a partner while your child was going through this stage and feel like oh I've broken them and I've damaged them and you know that's not good that isn't my intention my intention is to let you know that we recycle these that we can fill in the gaps as a foster carer I this gave me hope that the, the whole of this ages and stages gave me hope that even if I got a child at eight, nine, 10, even a teenager, that I could possibly help support them to recycle this in a more appropriate way, that I could fill in some of the gaps maybe for them around safety and security that they didn't get, you know, previously in their life. So, so this is not about criticism and judgment. This is not about what you should do and what you shouldn't do. It's about exploring maybe a bit about your own background as much as you know any of the children that you've got in your care so as always do it do it through neutral eyes do it through you know just just an exploration without judgment or shame or guilt or any of those feelings that as parents and caregivers we can often throw into the mix so i'm going to leave that one um, and in the next episode, which is going to be episode 48, I will go on to talk a little bit about the identity stage, which is three to six. And you might have noticed that each time we go up, we're doubling the ages. So the first one was not to six months, then it was six to 18 months, then 18 months to three years. And now it's three years to six years. So three years in a child's life is quite a big, it's quite a big phase. So we will be covering some some juicy stuff in that one maybe so i shall speak to you in the next podcast episode on living life being human take care